Greetings, all of you witchy little cats out there and conjured spirits. This episode, I'm going to be reviewing Coffin Hill, Volume 1, 2, and 3. First, I'll read the synopsis. Coffin Hill stars Eve Coffin, a rebellious teenage lowlife from a high society family with a curse that goes back to the Salem witch trials. Following a night of sex, drugs, and witchcraft in the woods, Eve wakes up naked, covered in blood, and unable to remember how she got there. One friend is missing, one is in a mental ward, and one knows that Eve is responsible. After a stint as a Boston cop that ends in a bullet wound and unintended celebrity, Eve returns to Coffin Hill, only to discover the darkness that she's unleashed ten years ago in the woods was never fully contained. It continues to seep through the town, cursing the soul of the sleepy Massachusetts hollow, spilling secrets and enacting its revenge. Set against the haunted backdrop of New England, Coffin Hill explores what people will do for power and retribution. Noted novelist Caitlin Kitteridge, author of the Black London series, brings a smart, mesmerizing style to comics. Artist Inaki Miranda from Fables brings his dynamic storytelling to Coffin Hill following an acclaimed run on Fairest. So for the first volume, um, I would like to kind of discuss an overview of uh, what I found to be enjoyable about it. And uh, there will be a little bit of spoilery uh, bits and pieces, but for the most part, I'll try to keep it um, to a sort of ambiguous reaction review, if that's even possible. Uh, Vertigo has since uh, kind of been brought into DC in a different way. So this was a series that, unfortunately, um, Caitlin Kitteridge was told had to end earlier than expected. Uh, I'm assuming she had some things mapped out to expand the universe, but for this particular series, I think overall it was cohesive and ends in a really interesting way. And so it's a nice, it's nice to have uh, closure. Not a lot of comic series, comic runs that uh, are out there get that sort of closure. Much like TV shows and TV series that get cut sooner than they're intended. Uh, sometimes those cliffhangers can be a little disheartened for uh, fans that want that uh, that closure for the for the story arc and for the character arcs. Uh, the first volume dips its toes into several timelines. Uh, you have 2013. Um, you have the 50s. You have uh, air quote now, and you're introduced. 
to the town and to Eve and uh, to a couple other characters that will play more important roles throughout the series. Eve is sort of rebellious and she goes against the grain, uh, has this like punk rock attitude that I really enjoy uh, for her character. She's sort of no shit. Uh, she does it. She pulls the punches and she really just kind of stands against her own upbringing with this very uh, elitist, wealthy, affluent, uh, privileged family that she's a part of. And you, you sort of are introduced to Eve for the very first issue. Uh, her parents are having, or her mother's having this very swanky, uh, wealthy um, uh, gathering. And Eve sort of uh, rampages through the party, you know, dressed uh, very, uh, very kick-ass and punk rock. And she just kind of hangs off the chandelier and makes her way uh, to her grandmother Mercy's uh, coffin at the at the cemetery, and um, you're getting an idea of kind of the history of the witchcraft in their family, and uh, you're promptly introduced to some of the uh, some of the coffin history and some of uh, Eve's dealings around the town. And Eve is a very cool um, sort of superhero because she's relatable and realistic, but she is part of something that uh, puts her friends at risk. And so it shows that she's not perfect. And I, I enjoyed those aspects to the, to the story. Um, there's a little bit of a flash forward where you get to meet Eve now, who is a celebrated, uh, well, she's a rookie and becomes a celebrated cop and, uh, they are hunting a, um, a serial killer in Boston. And it's, uh, it's a really creepy killer that puts women in these places like a, like a very cold, icy place and essentially because of her power and because of her ways of sort of reading people and profiling, she's immediately put on the case for the serial killer. And you, it sort of just makes its way through uh, back and forth. Uh, the narrative makes its way through timelines where you get a little piece of, of her past, a little piece of this, a little piece of now. And you're introduced to Nate, which is one of her friends from before that you met in the flashback. And then Eve makes her way to uh, visit her friend Mel, who's in the Institute. Mel used to date uh, Nate. And so there's this little bit of like a love triangle. Uh, but um, overall, uh, Eve and Nate start working on this case. Nate is reluctant to bring Eve on board, but... Eve has the ability to get the case moving and to get uh, leads and clues to the serial killer. And her interactions with the with Nate and with the police department were really funny and just really cool how she was just kick-ass 
uh, from the beginning. And, you know, that's just who she was as a character. But she does make her way through a lot of uh, what's going on in the town uh, during this time and during this volume. And uh, it ends in a really cool way uh, over Coffin Hill and, and the Coffin Estate. Um, for issue two, or volume two, excuse me, uh, there are some repercussions and some ramifications as to what happens at the end of volume one. And I won't say what it is, but the synopsis sort of gives it away too. But essentially, Eve finds herself in prison. Uh, there was a killing and uh, from the ice fishers, what the serial killer is called. And Eve finds herself on the other side of the law. And there's this this idea that it wasn't really pinned on her, but she did something that put her there and she still has to work with the police on the case because she still knows a lot about what's going on with this serial killer. And you do meet another character that is sort of pivotal to um, a new breed of witchcraft in the town. And this person is sort of being groomed i guess by a spirit in the background and this in and sort of this character's periphery i guess and you're getting that narrative parallel to eve's in prison and then also parallel to a female police officer who is continuing to try to figure out what's going on around town there's some really interesting supernatural happenings uh happening around happening around the town uh one of these residents gets possessed by a spirit and kills their family. And so there's all these things kind of happening. Nate is sort of there kind of on a bender and uh, sort of kind of what had happened since Eve was locked up and you get to meet Nate's brother and you get to see sort of their history. And the, this is a lot of character development, this middle volume uh, you're getting to see a lot of interactions with Eve and um, the police chief that's there sort of trying to get details about what happened. She's still, um, you're sort of getting Eve as a rookie, like her whole uh, background. So there were some really cool moments. And towards the latter half of, of the volume two uh, at Coffin House, you're getting to see what's happening in the basement. And there are these really creepy ghouls and they sort of look like like the vampires from Hellboy or excuse me Blade 2 the Guillermo del Toro directed uh, uh, Blade 2 they have these like long elongated mouths full of teeth and they're just really ghoulish and, and creepy and they are laying eggs in the basement and I'm not going to say what comes out of the eggs, but there's a really cool creature feature element to the story. Um, there is a character in the background that sort of becomes the suspect of, uh, of who might be doing uh, the, the killings. And you, when you're introduced to this character, um, you would have never guessed that this character would have been doing this. 
until you get later on into the story and you're like, mm, there's just something there that's just not right. And, uh, and I think that you, you might be able to see that beforehand. Uh, the, the story in the last issue ends with a home invasion and it's very creepy uh, what's happening because you know that these people that are deciding to invade this house may have the tables turned against them. And I did enjoy that. It ends in a very brutal, gory way, uh, very cool cliffhanger. So that was volume two. Um, so excuse me, the first volume was called Forest of the Night. And the second volume is called Dark Endeavors. And the last volume is called Haunted Houses. And this is where all of the threads that were sort of weaved into the story come to fruition and there is resolve. You get to get a little bit of the background of the Coffin Witch from... Uh, the Salem witch trials and what happened with her and what's prompted uh, this whole curse over the town and the lineage with uh, with the coffins. And I love those moments. And the, the, the way that the coffin witch is depicted is really cool. Visually, I could totally see uh, a movie adaption from this. I love how they uh, showcased the coloring, the artwork for the splash pages with the witch. Very cool. Um, her minions are really cool that she has. There are supernatural ghosty things, witchy creature things. Uh, lots of really cool things that this series dips its toes into in the horror uh, genre. And um, as this volume closes the stories up. There is this ongoing Coffin Hill uh, in the 70s timeline that you get to see a little bit of what's going on uh, with Eve's mother. And uh, and that's really interesting too, because all of these things sort of tie in uh, what's happening around the town. And I really wish that Caitlin Kitteridge could have finished the series, or at least gone a little longer because there were some things there that could I could see being developed more even though they everything is sort of tied up but uh overall I think I I, I didn't actually notice that this was uh, something that had to be closed quickly with the story it, it seems very um very organic to what's happened here it's like a a long uh, sort of cinematic tale. Uh, I could see this being a really cool uh, TV series, a limited series. Um, there are some things in, in, in the end of this that are sad that happen with what the coffin witch, uh, who she possesses and what she does. And there is a really cool um, climax and there is a sort of a twist to what's happening uh, to a character that Eve's, Eve meets and the ending goes into a really interesting abstract place with the coffin, which with other characters that you meet uh, with Eve that are, that are into witchcraft and also with, uh, with the police force. And 
it does tie up kind of nicely. Uh, there is some growth to all of the characters, including Eve. Uh, Eve being sort of the uh, sassy, uh, sarcastic, reluctant um, to work with others. There is a, a moment where, you know, this, she has to become uh, a team player. And it's really cool. And there's a love story as well to this. And um, there is a really heartbreaking and touching moment with uh, Sam and his mother. Sam is one of the police officers. And uh, that's sort of how the series ends. And it was just, it was awesome. Uh, so I definitely recommend uh, Coffin Hill Volume 1, 2, and 3. I found these at Secret Comics Cave in Oneonta, one of my favorite comic book stores. And uh, I'm sure you could find these online or at your local comic book shops. Uh, definitely support that local comic book love. That's all for this bonus review, and I hope you enjoy uh, these little horror nuggets. Uh, as always, you can reach me at fatalfollowerpresents at gmail. Send me your potions, uh, your recipes for some interesting potions. Send me any tips or ideas you have for some episodes you'd like to hear. Uh, you can also catch me at Fatal Follower Presents a Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and shout outs to all of my horror amino uh, followers out there. Uh, much love to you all. Uh, stay safe, stay spooky, and keep reading the horror. There is so much out there. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>